It's not scary. L.A. is a city and you have to keep your head on a swivel wherever you are. I've been called racial epithets in Beverly Hills. I have been followed on the West Side. I have, you know, had people look at me very nefariously in, quote unquote, affluent areas. Over here, I've walked, you know, sometimes I've done my night walks, you know, eight o'clock at night when it's dark mm-hmm. you know the biggest thing i'm afraid of is a raccoon but it, it's still a city so you still have to keep your head on a swivel because yeah i mean anything can happen to you anywhere That's right. so you know don't don't be silly with it you know don't just think like oh that's a bad neighborhood it's a city you have to be careful everywhere hello and welcome to here in la baldwin hills edition Today we talk with Roxanne, a native Angelina who has worked on Skid Row helping at-risk women for years. Afterwards, she comes home to her beautiful apartment in the Baldwin Hills area known as Baldwin Village, which the locals refer to as the Jungles or the Jays. Our pals over at the LA Times do not recognize Baldwin Village or the Jungles, so until that changes, we'll just call it Baldwin Hills, fine, whatever, whatever, whatever. Roxanne and I hung out on a calm, cool night and talked about if it's safe for a young woman like herself to walk around at night in the jungles, what's it like helping the good people of Skid Row, and what her life was like growing up around L.A. with a single mom who was raising four kids. Roxanne also made me a snack platter and afterwards sent me home with a doggy bag, which I'm enjoying right now. So... Let's give Roxanne the mic so she can dispel some myths about life in the Jays and working on Skid Row. Hey, everybody. I am in Baldwin Hills with Roxanne. (laughs) How funny. I'm funny. I'm a funny person. Okay. We were just chatting normally, like, la, la, la. And then all of a sudden, I was like, hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, you guys. Like, it's a kid's show. I know. It kind of is a kid's show. Hello. This is Show and Tell, yes. Baldwin Hills edition. Yes. Also known as? So, I'm technically Baldwin Village, a.k.a. Yeah. the Jungles, a.k.a. the Jays. So, okay. I, I think most people in L.A. who aren't black don't know where the jungles are no is that good or bad that's a good question i think well now people know because we are adjacent to a lot of the growth that's happened in culver city Mm -hmm. so because culver city's housing options are so limited people have been coming this way Mm -hmm. uh for housing options so yeah the demographics over here have changed quite a bit and then there's there's been a lot of um a lot of change in the demographics this way. Also, Lamert's growing. Lamert is changing. <laughs> yes, it's changing. When you say changing, do you mean gentrifying? It is. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, there's there's some positives and some drawbacks, but um, I am. I've been here since I think 2005. Oh wow! Yes, almost I don't, 20 years. I don't like to move very much. Who does? There are lots of people that like to move a lot. Crazy people. Totally crazy people. I was I was going to say something but we are not supposed to say that word anymore. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, let's let's continue with the jungles. Yes. I think most people if they do know of it, they probably know it from Training Day. They know it from Training Day. They call so there are two streets that are right off of King and sort of like locally they're called training day so there's palmwood and palmyra and so i used to have to go over there for a work site and every time i'd go over there i'd be like i gotta go to training day today (laughs) but it's so different because i remember when i first moved over here someone said oh you don't live in the jays you're jungle adjacent (laughs) i was like oh i get a pass because the jungles so the jungles really came up 
in like the 70s. And so a lot of young black professionals started moving over here because the apartments were very big and the rent was low. There's a lot of foliage in the area. So if you drive around here, you see all this big foliage. And so that's how it was known as the jungles. And back in the 70s, there were all these big parties and people would like literally apartment hop for the parties. And so as those professionals got older, they bought homes up the hill, which is Baldwin Hills. Mm -hmm. And then other folks started moving in uh, here. My neighbor downstairs, she's been here probably close to, I would say like 30, 40 years. Hmm. I think her rent is probably like ten dollars <laughs> because like, this is rent control right this is rent control thank oh, god thank yes. god thank god thank god yes. i will not tell you how much my rent is you don't have to but i will show you my apartment and if just from what you can see yeah this i've is, got rent control too yeah. it's a lifesaver it is literally a lifesaver I, it, but also it allows me i don't know about you but allows me to do the job i want to do as opposed to having to sell out and do things I don't want to do uh -huh. in order to, you know, meet that note. Definitely. Um, I would say it, it allowed, it has allowed me not to have to have had roommates. Right. I've never had to have roommates. Is this a two bedroom? This is a one bedroom. Uh -huh. Across the hall is a two bedroom. Yeah. Uh, the last people that owned it went into some of the, the units and they split the units so they made the dining rooms oh, into bedrooms right so some of us old timers so there's about four or five of us on this l that are old timers that have been here i'm the youngest of the old timers mm -hmm. but the rest of them they've been here for over 20 years wow. um so we don't we still have our dining rooms and our original amenities mm -hmm. the other ones were sort of upgraded and the bedrooms were added by adding on to or changing the dining rooms um one of the reasons that the jungles was in training day was they needed a neighborhood that was dangerous for denzel to go into and i think those are the two streets that you're talking about because those yep. are cul-de-sac streets one of them is a cul-de-sac one oh. of them goes through oh it does yes all right see i'm learning something here yes and the reason that the cul-de-sac cul-de-sac street was important is it traps you yes and if there's bad people they're waiting for you like they were in the movie yes you're kind of screwed yes you've got to fight your way out yes. <laughs> yeah and so i would think that the notoriety of the jays and in relationship to that movie would make people think oh you live there you must be tough you must be street smart you must be black you must be all these things, right? I think in the general consensus that has been the case, but it is it definitely has changed. I would say it has changed. What's it like now? Oh, well, now you see more. So there's a lot more animals here. There are a lot. When I moved here in the beginning, you did not see people walking dogs as much. Oh. And it's not just white people. It's <laughs> black people, too. Uh, I have a few Indian neighbors on the street, mm -hmm. Hispanic people. They walk their dogs a lot. Um, <laughs> so you see that a lot more. Um, so back in the day, people didn't have pets? Not like they do today. There were no pets in this building when I moved in. Now everybody's got a pet but wow. me. I've got plants thanks to... Yes, you do. Yes, thanks to Mama Wetzel. Yes, you do. Uh, okay, so so... Would you say that things have gotten better for, um, we'll call this Baldwin Village? I would say things, it's hard to say that things are better because it's it's in such a state of flux. So when I first moved over here, it was great for me as a young person because everything was in walking distance. So say something happened to my car, I could literally walk to any number of grocery stores, I could walk to the mall. I don't think, I would say probably in some cases things have not gotten better because the mall is dying. Parts of Crenshaw are, is dying. So it make it has made certain things, accessing certain things more difficult. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I first moved over here, it was a lot easier. But I mean, one of the things that's great about this area is that like, I love that I'm surrounded by parks. Like I have Jim Gilliam right there. I've got, Rancho, I've got 
Kenneth Hahn over there. Mm-hmm. Like, so there's literally like, I can walk to a park within a block of my house. I can walk across La Brea and be in the hills and have great vistas of the West side and downtown LA. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, all the pictures we saw of downtown with uh, the snow-capped mountains behind it were probably shot up in Kenneth Hahn. A lot of them were. A lot of folks, uh, someone had posted that they were up at Kenneth Hahn really, really early, which I think is great, you know, but don't just stop at Kenneth Hahn. Like, I wish people would have come here for things like Hotville Chicken, which she just closed because of some issues that are going on over at the property at the mall. Mm. So, like I said, we're in flux. So there are some positives, some negatives. Like, I really can't, say it's gotten worse or gotten so much better um we're in a state of flux let's talk about that mall real quick uh-huh that has talk about flux that mall has gone through a lot over the decades it has and one of the, i think the one of the most major things that it went through was it had a walmart for a little while yes it did and then it went away yes why did it go away so people were saying that the mall that the walmart went away because of theft there were like rampant thefts that's what i i heard mm-hmm. i don't shop at wally world <laughs> i'm a target girl oh okay i'm a target girl but it's it's right there it is right there but um did they have groceries there when it was they there? had everything they and had still everything you people went... people would come from usc they yeah they'd, they'd come from usc to go to that walmart because that was honestly the that Walmart predated the Compton Walmart. And so that Walmart was actually the only Walmart between like here and anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So it was always busy. It was mm-hmm. always busy. But mm-hmm. I don't know what other financial reasons. I don't think it was like this whole idea of rampant theft mm-hmm. um, that closed it. Honestly, like I'd only gone in there a handful of times. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was convenient for a lot of the old people in the neighborhood there is you know right there across the street from macy's there's a senior complex oh right and so my great aunt used to live in that complex i remember going over there when i was a little kid and so thinking about all of the people in the community that was a really great thing for them mm-hmm And so some of the, like going back to talking about the changes, like I do think about the older people in the community and the changes that are happening, you know, that are not good for them. Like with Bank of America closing, you know, and limiting their hours, a lot of these people, they still get a paper check and they take it to the bank to cash it. Mm -hmm. And so they're very limited on being able to go do that. And they're really not a lot of options for them to go you know, in a close proximate area, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, I see that they've opened up. There's like a circuit, like a, 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 like a mobile, I don't know what it's called, but it's like a mobile circuit vehicle. So, but I don't know how well it is being advertised mm-hmm. to, you know, certain pockets of the community. A little free bus. A little free bus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think you have to like reserve it every so often, you know. Do, do we think that that mall will be renovated, that that investors will see an opportunity there? Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So just a matter of time. It's a matter of time. I mean, I used to, like I said, I could go in my neighborhood in walking distance for anything. Mm-hmm. The mall was right there. I could go pay bills. I could go get mm-hmm. whatever I needed right there. Now you go and it's a ghost town. You yeah. know, the vendors that were in the middle, they're not there anymore. There used to be a woman, a trans woman who would sell makeup. My mother used to um, love her. <laughs> Miss Ebony, I think her name was. She used to do really good eyebrows. Um, a buddy of mine, Ink, he used to have a kiosk upstairs where he would do airbrushing. So it was really a hub. You had that crazy buffet up there. Yeah, I didn't mess with that buffet. Mm-mm. No, sir. Too many options. Uh, too many germs. <laughs> too many germs. No, sir. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Well, you also have the Magic Johnson Theater right we there. We had the theater. Well, we have the theater. Um, love the theater. It's a Cinemark now. It is a Cinemark now. You don't go in there? I do. Okay. I do go to the theater. I have not been to the theater since uh, COVID. I'm not as... Smart. You know, big on that right now. But <laughs> I really... I miss the theater. I miss cinema. I, I go every week and I wear a mask. I need to do it. I saw Creed 3 the other day. Was it good? 
Yeah. It's great to have a black Rocky. Right? He's I like the first one, so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to support it. What I'm sad about on Crenshaw and King is I used to go to M&M's all the time. Yes. Um, but I imagine you have other soul food options nearby. So there are other options. Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm a little bit of a snob because my family is from the great state of Louisiana. Ooh. And so I cook. Uh-huh. So as you can see, I made you a snack. You, you made me the most delicious <laughs> People do offer things, and usually I say no thanks because I need to be prepared for all this. Yes. I usually fuel up before. But just like a Southern gentlewoman, <laughs> there's a big bowl here with orange slices, chocolate. There's Triscuits, uh, cheese, salami. Your mama raised you right. She did. She did. Where in Louisiana are you from? So I'm from Los Angeles, yeah. but my grandparents on both sides are both from Louisiana. So yeah. on my father's side, my folks up there are from Shreveport area, mm-hmm. uh, Ringgold around there. Yeah. And then on my mother's side, my grandfather's from a little town called Zachary. Okay. And my grandmother was from New Orleans. Right on. Yes. So you, you, you better know how to cook. So I know I, I cook. So I don't really do soul food out a lot. I mean, it just depends on what it is that I want. So we were talking about Doolin's earlier. Yeah. So I like Doolin's for their baked turkey. Mm. They have good baked turkey, but everything else to me, it's it's too heavy. It's too over overdone. Yeah. Um, None of the sides? Not anymore. Can't do it. You don't mind cooking greens in this apartment? Baby greens don't. No, who told you? Wait, what? What? Some people say it smells up your apartment. You know that? It yeah, but not like that. <laughs> my greens. My mother grows greens. My my, my mother grows collards. Uh huh. So like they don't come off like that. Right. Yeah. They don't. What about what about fish? You don't mind frying fish in here, or you okay. don't fry fish? I do not like frying in my apartment. Right. So I did a little. I did some like little frying today because I'm doing to um, taquitos. Oh. Yes. Fish taquitos? No, no, no. Chicken. Uh-huh. But generally, no, I do not like frying. So what, do you go to the, you buy we fry place then and let them fry it? Yes. And that is the, oh, that is the bane of one of the big changes that has happened in my neighborhood is that like options for that have dwindled. So there mm. is a place that is more on the West Jefferson side of my neighborhood. I don't like them anymore because the people that work there, they act like, they don't they're very rude <gasps> they're very rude i do not go there anymore are these black folk no mm-hmm. but males males has good service males for f- fried fish go to males okay yes he has good fish and then a little secret like ralph's i heard that ralph's has good fried fish i heard that they will fry the fish for you i'm telling you when the when the catfish nuggets are on sale <laughs> I'm telling you, get like get a bag of like two pounds uh-huh. and you'll be fine. Let them do all that. Let it, let them do that part. Okay. Well, you heard. I I don't know how many of our listeners are going to take advantage of this, but they should because it's great. Let them deal with the oil, the old oil, all the of smell, it. the smoke. Yes. The smoke alarms that the go sm- off. Yes. <laughs> I I had a fish fry here. I had about. 30 some odd people in my apartment uh-huh. a couple of years ago. Well, prior to the pandemic, because um, I wanted to have a fish fry and invite all my friends and family. So we actually set up out back. I have a cousin who lives in Watts and he is like one of the best fryers in the family. Really? And so he brought his propane fryer yes. and my ex's aunt. She actually goes fishing here in, in California, like right out. Like Venice Pier, Redondo Pier, something like that? I don't even know where she leaves from. I don't know where. But she is always going fishing and, like, bringing back all this fish. Oh, great. And so it was great. So we had, like, I bought fish. I had, like, <laughs> trout and catfish from Costco. Mm-hmm. But then we had fresh local fish that yeah. she had, you know, donated to the cause. It was great. Fantastic. Okay. 
Any last words about the jungles for people who... It's not scary. It's, it's not. not. It's, you it's, feel safe here. I am safe here. How about that? I am safe here. I mean, this is the thing about L.A. L.A. is a city, and you have to keep your head on a swivel wherever you are. True. I've been called racial epithets in Beverly Hills. I have been followed on the west side i have you know had people look at me very nefariously <laughs> in quote unquote affluent areas right over here i've walked you know sometimes i've done my night walks you know eight o'clock at night when it's dark mm -hmm. you know the biggest thing i'm afraid of is a raccoon <laughs> But it's still a city, so you still have to keep your head on a swivel because, yeah. yeah, I mean, anything can happen to you anywhere. That's right. So, you know, don't don't be silly with it. Mm -hmm. You know, don't just think like, oh, that's a bad neighborhood. It's a city. So right. You have to be careful everywhere. I'm so glad that you're saying all this. This is great. So people, if, if, you, if you are on my favorite street, Obama, <laughs> Obama and what is that, La Cienega that goes up the hill? Uh-huh. And you want to see where the jungles are? Just come on in. Come on. Come on through. It's going to be fine. Come on through. I mean, it's in and out. I mean, you're going to you come down from Santa Rosalia and you look to the left, look to the right, and then you're you're out of it. Right. Um, but, you know, the parks, our parks are great. Yes. Um, come to the mall. Come to the movie theater. And there's plenty of parking over here. There's really not. People in Koreatown oh, yeah. well, park we... miles away and get yeah. an Uber. You don't have to do that here. No, it can get a little bit thick the later it gets as mm. people are getting off work. I got lucky. You you could have been more lucky. <laughs> you could have been a little bit more lucky. I think if we would have had you come just a tad earlier. It's fine. You know what? I'm glad I came at night, though, because th this is one thing I learned from Uber is we have these ideas in our head about what certain neighborhoods are. Mm -hmm. And we go there in the day or we go in there in the morning. And we're like, oh, it's not so bad. Fine, then. Go at night. See what it really is like at night in your your most your scariest nightmares. And it was fine. It is fine. And there's nice cars out here. There's old cars, new cars, all kinds of cars. This is a working class neighborhood. People yeah. go to work. Yeah. You know, like 9 o'clock, the streets, you know, are... You know, kind of empty. There's a lot of older people that live over here, so they're home. Mm. Um, and you have people that work swing shifts and things like that. But you, like, I've been here long enough to see my neighbors. I know, I know who certain folks are, mm -hmm. and it that's a good feeling when you know who lives in your neighborhood. When people light off fireworks, okay, do people think it's gunshots? That's a good question. No, well, because I do in Hollywood. No. First thing I think, whoops. No, it just, <laughs> well, I grew up here in LA. I grew so I, I moved around a lot, hence why I don't like to move around very much now. Mm -hmm. um, but I grew up close to the east side, so off of 43rd and Maine, Vernon, okay. Maine area. Mm -hmm. And we literally lived one um, house down from what I didn't know until I was an adult was like one of the biggest dope houses on the West Coast called Money Village. It was an apartment complex mm -hmm. where I guess they moved a lot of uh, cocaine Oh, back in the 80s. And I remember hearing gunshots as a kid, so I think I can tell, like, because you grow up hearing enough of it. Right. So I can usually tell, like, okay, what's what? Mm-hmm. So no, not really. I mean, if it's a if it's a pop 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 pop, then I go. But usually they're doing the big booms now, right? The M eighties and and those like that. Yeah. Do, in in your because in my neighborhood, they light them off for almost anything. Yes. Is that how it is here too? Yes. Like even if the Dodgers win just a big game. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're <laughs> celebrating. Yeah. Like you just got to go with it. It's an L.A. thing. It's it's an L.A. thing. Okay. So after 43rd and Maine, what neighborhood would you say that is? Is that historic South Central? That's historic South Central. Yeah. That's what that's Okay, called. so after that, where'd you move? Oh shit! Uh, excuse my language. <laughs> we moved. 
we were on. So before that, we were actually on Pickford, Pickford off of La Cienega. Uh-huh. And before that, we were in West Hollywood, just off of Sunset. Hmm. So there, 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 there. Then we went to 42nd off of Figueroa. Figueroa. Then from. <gasps> Hold on a second. I do Uber. Figueroa has changed. Have you been to 42nd and Fig recently? I mean, just on the way home. There's hookers out there. Baby, there's always been hookers out there. What? what? <laughs> In the daytime? Oh, yes. That's the host row. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> it hasn't changed then, I guess. I have changed. I guess I never, never yes, was over there. Fig has always been the host row. Always. Yes. I say that with love. I mean. It, it is. It is. I, I say it with love. You know, I support sex workers right. um, for various reasons. They're but, doing their thing. But yeah, no, it's it's live. Has but always... in the 60s, like not not in the years of the 60s, but like going towards like the 60s. 60th Street. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's live. Day and night. I It blew my mind. Because I'm just a... <laughs> I'm not their customer. And so it was it was shocking to me in the cold early morning. Oh yeah. They're out there in little bikinis and all that lingerie and all that. Yeah. And just shivering. Yes. And it it broke my heart cuz I was yes. like this is a hard enough job as it is, I'm sure. Yes. And dangerous and all that. Yes. And now you're cold too? Yeah, it it's yeah, it, it... So it's always been like that. It's been like that for as long as I can remember. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, where do you work now? So I work for a healthcare nonprofit in Skid Row. How about that? Yes. What do you do? So I run a women's health education program oh. that um, assists women with making healthy choices to reduce the risk to STIs and HIV. God bless you. I hope so. Hello, Lord, help me. <laughs> he sees you. He sees you loud and clear. I hope so. Are you a religious woman? I'm more spiritual than religious. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't go to church every Sunday? I don't. There's this, uh, on Obama, right by that 7-Eleven, there's a Benai church. You been a, there? A Benai church? Yeah. Benai Brith? Yeah. No. It's right there. Hmm, didn't know. <laughs> South LA, we've got more churches per capita than anything. I remember I met a guy. I was at the Underground Museum, which is, please, Lord, bring them back. I love them. Um, I met a guy from Europe. He was a black guy from Europe, and he was visiting, and he was asking, he said, why do you have so many churches here? I "I don't know. We're very religious. He was like, on like every corner, you have a church. And, And I'm like, yeah, we do. Like going down Vermont, going down Fig. Yeah, we got a lot of churches. In storefronts there's Mexican churches. Yes. They they I there was a a, a special on Nat Geo 4 or 5 years ago. It said LA has more religions practiced here than any other city in the world. Really? Yes. I can see that. Yeah. I can well, see that. Well, we have every culture here. Yes. And most cultures say something to somebody. Yes. <laughs> no, I I think that's really cool about LA that so my most of my family are Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh. Yes. Is that why you like Prince? No. Prince is awesome, and he's amazing, and he's talented, and just Was he a every... Jehovah or a Seventh Day? No, he was a Jehovah's Witness. Right. Yes. Did you have to knock on doors as a little girl? So that is that happens when you are a baptized Jehovah's Witness. Okay. And so I was not baptized as a child. Mm-hmm. So I am not baptized. My mother is now baptized. I have aunts who are baptized. My grandmother was baptized. All of them were knocking on doors, are knocking on doors. Well, they have actually a letter writing campaign. So if you get a letter from a witness, that is their campaign uh, at the moment. But yeah. A little they, safer probably. Well, because of COVID. Right. So they're very, very careful about um, exposing um, themselves to, mm-hmm. to COVID. And there's a lot of older people in the congregations. Okay, let's get back to this HIV thing. Because that scared me when you said that. I thought we were over HIV. Baby, we're not over HIV. We're not over herpes. Herpes was trending on Twitter yesterday, and people don't know why. There's more misinformation today. With the plethora of information that is available, people do not utilize it. 
Uh, so there is a lot of misinformation around HIV. There's a lot of stigma. There was a big thing on uh, one pocket of Twitter uh, the about last week, uh, a very stigmatizing conversation that was going on. Um, and so there's a lot of misinformation, a lot of disinformation that still happens. So no, we're not over HIV. People are, are still doing very risky things. They think they know, they don't know. Uh, we do have PrEP, which is pre-exposure prophylaxis. Um, we have, you know, injectable PrEP. We have pills for PrEP. So we have, we're very close to, you know, hopefully getting to zero, but we are still in the, in the thick of things, uh, especially in men who have sex with men, you know, young African-American men who have sex with men are, rates are still high there why why, why um, you know there's a lot of socioeconomic or what we call the um uh, there's a there's a, a phrase for it and it's escaping my mind mm -hmm. but um there are a lot of other factors. So there's socioeconomic factors. Meeting uh, young black males aren't as educated or don't have access to education? It's not about education per se. It's about when, what I've found out about doing this work, especially doing individual sessions with people, with women, because that's who I work with. It's not about sex. It's about all these other things. It's about mental health. It's about money. It's about mental health and depression and loneliness and self-esteem. And those are the factors that cause individuals to engage in certain behaviors. So if my self-esteem is low, if socioeconomically, you know, I'm always, you know, the last in line to get half a dollar, you know, my only outlet is, you know, maybe getting a little loaded and just letting it be free for a minute. That's what I'm going to do because that's what makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, because that's my outlet, that can put me at risk for HIV or other sexually transmitted infections. What what I hear when you say this, because I'm I'm a, a, a basic bitch of a man. Okay. <laughs> if you are poor and you have limited options, and the man who might pull you out of this poverty wants to have unsafe sex, you will say yes. Keep coming with it. Is that what you're saying? Keep coming with that. And therefore, and you will continue, and you, and, 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 and you'll so do that, it when you don't want to do it. And that goes across, that goes across gender, and that goes across mm. race and ethnicity. But unfortunately, it hits certain genders and ethnicities at a higher rate. So yes, this, whether it's this person that's going to pull me up out of this socioeconomic situation, it could be just this person is showing me love and care and concern. Mm. And they gave me a place to sleep or they gave, you know, they gave me compliments and, mm -hmm. you know, I always feel like I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if they want to do something that I'm not really okay with, you know, so, so in your work, do you coach them on that stuff too? So what we do is we do a lot of individual level interventions and then we have a, a curriculum that is based on what's called the trans theoretical model of change or the stages of change. Sounds very official. It's, it's basically five stages of thinking <laughs> that help a person kind of figure out where they are and where they want to be in terms of behavior change. Did you study this stuff in school? I uh, studied English. <laughs> yes. Same. Death of the English major. <laughs> well, but you know, it's good to read uh, Shakespeare and Tolstoy and learn how to read and write. Yes. Never uh, hurts. I'm, a, I'm an Ozymandias girl. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 as you can see, I, I love, I love books. Yes. I, I see books everywhere here. <laughs> I see books and pictures. I see prints on a turntable. I love it. Yeah, I, I'm a, a lot maker. of original art up here. Yeah, so my mother, she actually, she created that piece here in the middle. That piece in the middle, my mother created that. It's like a silhouette of uh, of a woman wearing a traditional African, very colorful dress and yes. uh, headdress. Yes, it's beautiful. It was in an art competition that she was in. I I can't recall if she placed or not. Mm -hmm. That's Venice Beach. Sure is. And that's where we went a lot as kids. On a very windy day. On a windy day. 
back when uh, the downtown art walk uh, was really and it's kind of height. I mm-hmm. bought that from a vendor there. Oh, really? Yeah. Because um, when we did our Venice episodes, uh, Sonny Bach is the president of the Venice Art Crawl. Okay. It's either the Art Crawl or the Art Walk. I'm, I'm, I hate myself that I don't know the difference between the two. But anyway, she she would love the fact that, that you went down there and bought original art. I mean, it's a part of my of my my heart, you know. Because as, as a child, you'd go down to Venice all the time? Yeah, that's, you know, when you're a single mom with four kids, you don't have a lot of options for doing stuff where it's going to take a lot of money. And right. So we'd go down, my mom would buy a calzone or a pizza, and we'd sit on the lifeguard stations and watch the water or watch the people, you know, skateboard or skate mm-hmm. and watch the man with the white on with his guitar. Mm-hmm. And that was what we did a did lot. Did you ever jump into the water? Yeah, we jumped in the water. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, we did. It's too damn cold. Yeah. Yeah, Pacific Ocean is pretty cold. <laughs> it is. Having gone out east, you, you're like, why is my water so cold? <laughs> Okay, so let's dispel some myths about Skid Row. Okay. How long have you been working down there? 20 years. You're going straight to heaven. 20 years. Are you kidding? No wonder you don't go to church. You don't have to. You got the... the... I I, I want one of those Vietnam veteran hats, but I want it to say Skid Row vet. Yes, I'm a Skid Row vet. 20 years. 20 years this year. Congratulations, and thank you. For what? For helping the poorest of the poor of our city. I do what I can. Which cannot be easy. It has its challenges. Like what? Name a challenge. Mental health is a big thing. Right. It's a huge, huge issue, especially, you know, coming out of or coming through as we're continuing to deal with the pandemic. Um, One of the big issues for, for my program is funding. Really? Yeah, because we've been, and I, I, God bless the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health for continuing to fund our program because the things that we hear and see in our sessions really merit the fact that, you know, we need funding. You yeah. know, biomedical HIV prevention is not a panacea for everyone. Uh, we still need behavioral interventions to really speak to people on an individual basis. Mm-hmm. However, um, we're... We struggle with the, you know, rents are going up, but, you know, we've been funded at the same rate for the last like five, six years. So as we're, you know, we have this one little pot and it's being spread more and more thin. They're raising the rent in Skid Row? Well, I'm just saying all across the city and I'm talking really specifically about for employees. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So it makes it difficult. Um, But, you know. There's the thing I like the most about Skid Row is that it, it really is truly a community. Mm-hmm. People know who people are. Mm-hmm. People. I had an incident and I will never forget this. This was a few years ago. I was walking down the street because I used to have to walk a block from where I work. And so I'd be stomping down the street every day trying to hurry up and get to work because I was probably late. <laughs> and somehow, some way, I, I, I was walking past this guy and I think I tripped and he said, don't worry, sis, I got you. And this man tied my shoes. He tied my shoes. Mm. And that was the most beautiful gesture to me. And every time I saw him after that, he said, you okay today, sis? And I'd be like, I'm good. Thank you, man. And so sweet. My clients from years ago, I have people who haven't even been my clients you know, they see me, they sing to me every day. They, I get serenaded every day. I come wow. outside, Roxanne, I, I <laughs> guarantee you, uh, I get serenaded. So it's a, it's a community. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I really like about it. But yeah, it's, it's a hard place. There's a lot of, there's a lot of mental illness and uh, posing, you know, pose, you know, putting on, like you said, I think, 
people think that I'm from this hard place. I've been through these hard things. I haven't processed my trauma. So my way of coping with that is to be hard and angry and tough and rough instead of dialing it back and trying to talk it down. I'm going to, you know, shake the table and Mm -hmm. that can be difficult, you know, when you're working through that. Did you notice the population of Skid Row rise when they started, quote unquote, cleaning the tents uh, around the city, including Venice? You you've seen. So this is the funny thing that people don't realize. I wouldn't say it was necessarily in correlation to the street cleanings. Mm -hmm. Um, People think, oh, everybody's just going to want to come to Skid Row. But a lot of people who are unhoused do not want to come to Skid Row because it is so chaotic. A lot of unhoused people really don't want to be seen. They really don't. They don't want to bother anybody. They want to just like kind of live and just be cool Mm -hmm. and you know, kind of disappear into the foliage. Um, but they can't because they're outside. And so people think naturally, you're just going to go to Skid Row because there's more resources down there. But the thing about it is, is that a lot of people don't necessarily want to come downtown because they don't want to get caught up in the foray of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did you see an increase of uh, people? We've seen more people and it, it hurts. As a, as a person who's worked down there, it makes you feel like you're not doing enough. Mm. You know, that really does bother me because it sometimes feels like you're in a boat with a hole in it. And you've got the politicians on the shore who are like kind of waving, but you don't know if they're waving at you or waving you away or blowing the wind. You know what I mean? It's just like, and you've got clients in another boat and you're trying to pull the clients over with you and you just end up trying to spoon, literally with a spoon, not an oar, the water out of the boat. Mm. So sometimes it feels very ineffective. You don't have to answer this if it'll put your job in jeopardy or anything like that. But I heard that Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, gave L.A. a whole bunch of money to put homeless people in hotels and... We gave it back. Have you heard this? I didn't hear that. But one of the mistakes that we made in L.A., I think, was with that Triple H money. Like some, was that? PPP? No, not the PPP. Triple H. The the H. Okay. The Triple H or Double H or whatever. Uh That was one of those. And people voted on it because they thought, this was what, six years ago or something? People voted on it because they thought it was going to really help the housing situation but it was written so poorly and it was very vague and so i you know my colleagues and i we looked like where did that money go it was it was Mm. you know for yet another tax Mm -hmm. we tax ourselves and tax ourselves and tax ourselves but then we look around you know there's potholes the size of kansas sure and we didn't we pass a, a tax what the last few years that was supposed to go to the potholes mm-hmm. and you know, people are literally falling through the damn street. You know, it's like I said, you're in a boat and you're trying to spoon the water out mm-hmm. and then you've got the politicians on the shore, like waving, but I think they're waving us back. Right. And they, they, they love to talk about homelessness. It's, it's, it's a, it's poverty porn. Mm-hmm. It's poverty porn. Yeah. Yeah. They love to talk about homeless, but they love to fund the cops. And I feel like you got to pick one at some point. Well, like this guy that I follow, he talks about how the LAPD has a budget of $8 million a day to burn through. That's right. And we cannot police ourselves out of mental illness. We cannot police ourselves out of homelessness. We cannot police ourselves out of raising rents. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to get somebody else's hand out of the pocket at some point. Yeah. That's where we are. These women that you um, help every day, are are most of them just poor or are they also homeless? Both. Hmm. Both. So how how do they get mail? How do they know? Like, like how do you keep in contact with them other than face-to-face? Are you able to? Yes, yes. Do they have Obama phones and stuff? A lot of people do have Obama phones. Some people do have phones. They get GR, so they pay for like their phones that Mm -hmm. way. Um, But we work with a lot of facilities um, in and around LA. So while my head office 
where I am is in downtown. We also work in Metro LA with some shelters, um, substance abuse treatment facilities, things like that. So that's Hmm. how we interface with a lot of our clients. A lot of our street homeless clients, we will go back to where we see them housed. Uh, So if they're housed on the corner of fifth and whatever, we'll see them there. Like if they're on fifth and Stanford, huh. we'll go back to fifth and Stanford. Um, so and you're walking all around Skid Row. So my team does a lot of that. Like I don't do, I don't do a lot of the street outreach. At After this. 20 years, you don't have to do that anymore. Uh, uh, mama's tired. Mama's tired. So I, I will though, I will hit the streets, but my uh-huh. team does a lot of our street outreach at this point. Well, God bless them too. Yes, 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 yes. Is there, is this may be, sound like a silly question to some people. Are there good places to eat in in Skid Row? Do you have to pack your lunch every day? There's some good places. I mean, the good thing, like kind of like where I live now and like Skid Row, these are communities, neighborhoods that are like you're right on top of another one. Yeah. So there's Martha's. Martha's probably the best thing to eat in Skid Row right now. Martha's Kitchen. Haven't heard of it. Yeah, it's a little place. It's on 4th and they have really good breakfast burritos. And then they have really good um, natural juices. Really, that's what I like from Martha's. So, so we're 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 walking closer to Little Tokyo. So it's on the edge of it's Little on the Tokyo. edge of Little Tokyo. And mm-hmm. then so there's some really great places in Little Tokyo. Yeah. Um, of course, as you go up um, on the more western edge, there's a restaurant called the Nickel Diner. Which, I've been there. Yeah. So I've become friends with the ladies that run the Nickel Diner. Mm-hmm. Their food is always really good. Yep. Um, I like Wake and Late. I don't want to like Wake and Late as much as I like it, but they have like their breakfast burritos, as everyone says, are probably like the best in the city. Really? Yeah. It's on 6th, 6th and Main. Okay. Yeah. I've never been there. Oh my God. It's ridiculous. Huh. It's stupid. Okay, so can we talk about Prince real quick? Because rarely do I see a record that I know on a record player when I come into a house. Okay. And it it makes me feel great. (laughs) Did you see Prince during his 21 night? I did. I did. How was that? It was amazing. Up in Inglewood at the Forum. I saw Prince at the Forum. I bought tickets, I think, two or three times during that. I gave one to my mother, I gave, and I gave one to a cousin. I sold it to a cousin. So we all got to see Prince during that time. And then I also saw him at Staples Center. Oh, I, I was at that one, too. Yeah. That was the one where he was on the chair, right, that swiveled around? And he just, even on a damn chair, he's the sexiest man, right? How does he do it? <sighs> God gave it to him. God gave it to him. I remember when I was at the forum for that show, I was I was on my feet the entire time. Mm-hmm. And I was just I Which was is a like, long time. Those were like three hour shows. Yeah. It was great. I mean, and I could I could have done it like for three more hours. It was just amazing. It was electrifying. And did you get lucky? Did you get like the twenty five dollar tickets? I did. Yes. So I mean, the the whole thing was just kind of like mind boggling. Because we get to see one of the greatest performance of, performers of all time for cheap for a very long time. It was it was a gift. It really was a gift. I wish other performers were able to you know extend that. You can you see all these concerts that are popping up now. And everybody's trying to recoup the money they lost during lockdowns and everything. So you know it's kind of hard to uh, pay for all of these shows, but. <laughs> Okay, let's um, let's wrap up with how people can get in touch with you if they want to. If they want to get in touch with me, I'm on Twitter every day, probably a really obscene amount of time. <laughs> I'm at J-O-B-R-L on Twitter. Hold on. J-O-B-R-L. Which stands for? Jackie O. Black Roxanne. <laughs> Jackie O. Black. Yes. Which is a tip of the hat to the former first lady, Jackie O? Yes. Do you love Jackie O? 
I have I have a I have a place in my heart for for the former first lady. Where did it come from? College. I just thought she was like the epitome of class, and I also kind of identified a little bit with you know the trajectory that she took. You know, she was brought up in this you know very kind of stodgy society, and then she married into this way of life that really boxed her in, and then after you know, her husband was killed, she had to like really kind of figure out a whole new way of life. But she was always this beautiful fashion icon. So there was just something about her that like, I kind of like dug. And I always liked her sunglasses. Like she always had really (laughs) great sunglasses. And so I was in college and I found these old sunglasses at, um, at St. Vincent de Paul. And I was like, these are my Jackie O glasses. I'm Jackie O. Black. Yeah. And then she was born. And then I started doing a lot of things as Jackie O. Black, like modeling and just whatnot. So that's why some people do know me as Jackie O. Black. So that was your your model name? Yes. Oh. Yes. What what was your favorite modeling gig? I did an episode of Hell Date. It was a show that used to come on. It was like a reality dating show, like mm-hmm. um, like Third Wheel or something like that. Like in that vein, yeah. those early. What channel? I think it was on third. I think it came on thirteen. Oh, really? KCOP. Yeah. KCOP, which is huh. no longer. Yeah. What did that even turn into? Uh, even Fox knows? bought it. Oh, Fox. Yeah, Fox took it over. But I was on Hell Date. Um, I did a couple of magazines. Which magazines? It was called Wheels. So it was like a car, sexy girl Were magazine. You in like a bikini? I was. Yeah, I was. I was the girl with like the, the straps. Oh yeah. Up oh high. yeah. I was. I was the girl. Tani Katan and all that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what, what, what did the, the ladies of uh, Louisiana think about this? Oh, they don't know. They'll probably find out now. But do you have photos that we can put in your blog post? Yes, actually, I do. All right. <laughs> what would they think? What would they think now? Would they be cool with it now? Honestly, I'm. I want. I. I. I I'm at such a stage and age of adulthood that if, look, y'all was fast. You guys were fast. I got it honest. My mama was fast. My aunties were fast. <laughs> my great grandmama was fast. They were fast. So I got it honest. So they can't really be that mad at me because. It's in my blood. How do you know this about your your sweet relatives? Because I hear stories. <laughs> I've heard enough stories. They were fast. Mm-hmm. Which kind of fits in with Louisiana, though, right? We're, Just like LA. We're yeah, Louisiana people are, are are fast. Yeah, but in a good way. Right. You got to grow up fast down there, and it's a party. It's a party. We, you know, it's a party even when you die down there. It sure is. I told my mother just recently. I said, if you guys don't send me out with a second line, yeah, it's going to be a problem. She completely refuses because my mother is, you know, she's very genteel and yeah. uh, proper, and she does not agree. No, she does not agree. Jehovah's don't. Well, they have yes, they do have funeral services, but not like that. Oh no, that's more. It's a it's a cultural thing versus a religious thing, mm-hmm. you know. And so culturally, I identify with that. She doesn't identify with it culturally. But see, I think that's what I think that's what black people have given to Christianity. We put soul into it. I love the church that I go to in Koreatown, mm-hmm. but it's got no soul. Ah, you know, and 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 I miss. I I mean. When I hear when people say Christian music is bad, I'm like, what kind of Christian music are you talking about? Not Mahalia Jackson. Not you're talking about Striper. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? I think that that. Well, okay. Obviously, the Jehovahs are very conservative yes. and proper, and we'll never change that. No. Will your mother go to a second line funeral? Probably not. Really? No. So were you raised this way? Were you raised under in a strict household? We so my mother she didn't get baptized until she was an adult. So okay. my great we were we lived with my great grandmother quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And so she went to Mount Moriah Baptist Church, which is on Figueroa near um Vernon. Uh, my uncle still goes there. 
Um, and then my grandmother on my father's side, she was a member at Crenshaw Christian Center and a few other churches. Um, my grandfather on my father's side, he was a member of Mount Tabor Missionary Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up going to church with them, with my great grandmother, going to the Kingdom Hall. So I I had a lot of religiosity. I had a lot right. of religion in my life. And variety. I had a lot of variety. And then when I went to college, I got to study Eastern religion for a class. So I went oh. to Buddhist temple and I went to... Huh. Um, where else we went to a few things for that class who had the best music it's not a trick question no i'm just thinking i (laughs) mean baptist baptist but i don't know but the funny thing is like so i didn't go enough to know the song so like now when i'm like in places where like people start singing gospel music i'm like i don't know that song right and it's really funny because like it's like everybody knows the song (laughs) i don't I mean, I know the contemporary stuff that right. that's on the radio, but yeah. like, like the the traditional like hymns and things, <laughs> I do not know this. Oh, like I know a few of the old Jehovah's Witness songs, like yeah. from going every year. Like you go to the past, like for them, it's called uh, the memorial. So it's like the Passover. It's like the time of the year, like in spring, which I really love because it's like everybody's doing the same thing. So like Jehovah's Witnesses are doing the memorial. Jews are doing the Passover. Uh, Even Wiccans, they're doing their (laughs) thing. It's like everybody's in agreement that this is a really special time of year. Yes. And so um, there were a few songs from the memorial that I used to like, I kind of get geeked up. Like, I know this song. (laughs) Um, And it's interestingly enough, like even when I go for Shabbat to my, my boss's house, like there's a few songs that they sing for Shabbat that I really like. Mm -hmm. So I, yes, I do like, (laughs) there's certain religious music that I like. Baptists have it down, you know, they really do. They, they, they give it. Yeah. Well, you gave it to us today. Roxanne, do you, do you like that song? No, don't sing any of them to me. I've been hearing them all my life. Oh, there's Roxanne, Roxanne too, right? So there's Roxanne. There's uh, UTFO Roxanne. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Roxanne's Revenge. Right. There's Sting. Okay. And but, then there's a new one. But you, the, the Roxanne, Roxanne Revenge, that happened when you were probably in college, right? No. High school? I was in kindergarten. That was the 80s. You're that young. I thought you were. Nobody can tell black people. You're so hilarious. Nobody can tell our ages. You can't. Have you seen Eddie Murphy recently? He looks good. He looks about 30 years old. Yeah, he looks about 45. But oh. Okay. He, he's got more hair than I do. And when you've got money, you can be as beautiful as you want for as long as you want. Okay. So Roxanne and Roxanne's Revenge was was before you, your time. So I heard that as a kid growing up. So when you. So do the kids sing that to you? Every day. Oh. Yes, every day. But she had her revenge, though. I mean, it's all good, but when it's your name and people go, oh, your name is... It's like, uh, you're not the first person. Like, you have to right. tell people, you're not the first person. Trust me, I hear this all the time. And the time. police song is about a stripper, right? It is. It's about a prostitute. Or a hooker, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you probably don't want that song to you. I mean, every now and again, like, I get into it because I like the song. It's like a great I, song. You know, problematic lyrics, but okay. <laughs> Okay, so you love your name. I do. You love your nickname better, or as much. On Twitter, once again. I'm J-O-B-R-L. J-O-B-R-L. And then on Instagram, I am Jackie O. Black. Beautiful. Thank you so much for having us today. Thank you for coming in and having this conversation. I enjoyed it. And thanks for helping the people of Skid Row. You're very welcome. If you're interested in coming down and checking us out, You're welcome. I just may do that. Okay, great. All right. How great was Roxanne? You know who we'd fry up some catfish for and send them home with a plate? Our Patreons. When you stoke us, you're saying, Tony, Jordan, no one else is going to every single neighborhood in L.A. You are now in our will. Thank you. So shout out to our Patreons, Nancy Rommelman, Sean Atlow, Matt Mills, Sean Wallace, Greg and Molly, Jamie Taylor, Mark Johnson, Kira Ann, Barney Grinke, Ben Welsh, Jen Adams, Trevor Wilson, Bree Wild, 
Dougie Gyro, Christina up north, Robin Carey, Adam Shorn, Ben from Down Under, and Chris from the ATX. To be a Patreon, go to patreon.com slash here in LA and give till it hurts. Also, shout out to our Angelinos. To be an Angelino, all you got to do is PayPal or Venmo, 25 bucks or more, and we will list you on the Here in LA website or our Medium blog forever. Just send your hard-earned cash to busblog at gmail.com. Want to support us, but you have to take out a loan to pay your natural gas bill? (laughs) Us too. No problem. You can still help. Post your favorite episode on your Facebook. You can start with this one. And if you want to go crazy, post too. Oh my God. Tweet something nice about us. Anytime you see me tweet about an episode, retweet it. And for God's sake, tell all your friends. Tell them how Here in L.A. is spelled, and it's on Apple Podcasts and Google and even Spotify. Here in L.A. is produced by myself, Tony Pierce, and a man who the Jays were named after, Jordan Katz. Editing, mixing, and music supervision by Jordan Katz. Songs by Oregon and Jordan Katz. Special thanks to Cindy for creating the logo, Jen for inspiring this, and the countless precious souls working at nonprofits, helping out the poorest of the poor who strangely have to worry about funding while the rich everywhere get richer. Thank you for all you do. do, 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 do.